Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. Woo! Welcome on this uh, Sunday morning, June 7th. I'm, I'm really, really excited to be with you this morning. Um, you know, there's a whole lot that I don't like about this virtual worship, but there are a few perks. For example, uh, I right here to my right, your left, is my papa bear leaned back in his recliner and and, and I told him that he was um, really uh, he couldn't be in his house unless he observed a few rules because I am broadcasting from his house and rule number one was that he not snore not fall asleep on me uh, but rule number two was that you know he gives a few amens or that of boys or something like that during the time um, uh, you know, you've always heard the adage, uh, if you're given lemons, make lemonade. Um, and what we've been saying throughout this pandemic and also during our national crisis is, you know, God is good and he redeems all that he allows. And, uh, you know, that's true in, in every aspect. Uh, on Friday, uh, the reason I'm in Grady is on Friday, uh, one of my dear uh, high school friends, her dad passed away. And uh, I uh, did a funeral and then uh, ended up just staying down here. And yesterday I got crazy busy on the tractor. And uh, it was, uh, I mean, all day long, there's some land next to us, some new land that we got and, and have never been on it. And so I was going to go around and, and try to get around the perimeter and, and, and with a bush hog stuff, you know, way over your head and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but... You know, it taught me a life lesson or, or reminded me of a life lesson. Uh, you know, just because you're on a tractor doesn't mean that you're going to, that you're always productive uh, or constructive. Uh, matter of fact, Steve, uh, for the Zoom followers, he's going to show you a picture right now to show you that just being on the tractor doesn't mean that you're constructive. I buried daddy's tractor yesterday just buried it we spent three hours getting it out and um it just wore me out and that's actually that's a good picture right there that's actually after we'd made a ton of progress uh in and getting it out uh so anyway hey uh good intentions don't always mean progress uh but before that as i was making my way through this uh uncharted territory for me uh, I couldn't see a lot of places where I was going, but uh, we discovered uh, acres and acres of wild blackberries. Check these out for Zoom for you Zoom uh, family. Uh, I must have. I must have, look at those beautiful things. I must have, and I, this is a confession. I must have bush hogged down two hundred uh, blackberry cobblers worth. But but but. Redemption is is that uh, there's 
probably 10, I mean, 10 times that much that we did not bush hog down. So this is an invitation. This is an invitation. I know Facebook family, you weren't able to see this, but those are beautiful, beautiful blackberries. Um, this is an invitation. If you want some blackberries, come get them. Come on and get them. All right? Uh, you are invited to come enjoy some blackberries. All right, so uh, enough about all that junk. Uh, I, I, again, I just welcome everyone. Uh, I welcome all our, our, our participants and our, our, our family, our growing number of uh, participants from Alabama, Florida, Texas, uh, California, Washington, uh, the UK, uh, and, um, and my dad sitting over here in the recliner. I'm not going to show you, but it's, it's not a pretty picture. Anyway, um, so glad you're here. Our, our, our guys, my guys from No Longer Bound, thank you so much. It's so good to, uh, to be with you on this Sunday morning. We have a special announcement today, and, and this wasn't one of those strategized things. This is just a, a, another reminder, an example of joining God with where he's working. Uh, but finally, after eight months, I was able to get our youngest daughter out of Grady. She planted herself down here, literally uh, and figuratively, planted herself down here for eight months and loved it, cried all the way home. Uh, and I don't know, Grady has, I don't know if it's joy or what. No, it wasn't joy. Uh, it's just tough. And, and I knew that, I, that she needed to keep her hands in the dirt some way. So we went down to one of our sister churches down in uh, Tyrone, Georgia, because they have what I believe is the absolute best model of what it means to be church uh, and, and caring for community and those people that are in need. And they have a, a orchard, they have a, a, a community garden, they have a warehouse that is amazing, but it's their heart, Christ-focused, Christ-centered uh, ministry going on down there. But on the way back, we were doing some highlights, and I was talking about uh, what she's going to be doing for the summer, and you know that uh, her master, she's starting her master tomorrow in social work, and she told me she might get some little odd job, and it just occurred to me, my goodness, no, we can't miss out on this. So Rachel Dees is our Community Connection Summer Intern at Cross Point. Yay! Give it up! Uh, so uh, y'all, please be in prayer for her. Celebrate that. Um, oh, I see Rachel down there. Give me a thumbs up right there. Yeah, welcome. For Zoom listeners, you can see her. So that's a, that's a, a, a blessing. I'm so thankful for that. Y'all pray for her. She... she, she uh, Already knows how hard it is to be, you know, for me to be her dad. Now, now I'm her boss. <laughs> That's so fun. All right, all right. Enough about all that. Listen, um, uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. But the reality is, is that we're coming together. We're coming together as brothers and sisters in Christ and seekers of Christ. You know, with with very difficult times, we are still right in the middle of civil unrest across our country and protest, and there's so much hate and fear and all that going on. We got a tropical storm that's uh, pushing our way that's supposed to hit landfall uh, today. We had one of our very own uh, family members, um, the Quinlan family, whose daughter Amanda, uh, this uh, two days ago, their house caught fire and uh, and burned. They lost they lost everything, but all three, uh, Amanda, Zach, and baby Caroline, uh, got out safely. But so we just want to be uh, continuing to lift them up and pray for them and, and asking, you know, them and God, how can we be community to them and how can we serve them uh, in this time? So there's, 
And that's not even to mention what you've been experiencing this week and what you've been going through. And so um, we need a rock. You know, we constantly need that anchor in our lives. And, uh, you know, we need to experience the change that God wants to bring into our lives. And so I want to read, if you got your Bibles, if, uh, turn with me to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Uh, grab your Bibles and open up. I'm going to be reading from the NIV. I hadn't planned on doing this, but you know how we got to Psalm 37 today, right? What, what is today? June 7th. All right, read the seventh uh, Psalm. And then you add how many to it? 30, right, because June has 30 days. So we got to Psalm 37, and it just hit me. Uh, and so let's just, let's just uh, settle our minds and our hearts on the living Word of God. Beginning with verse 1, he says, Do not fret because of evil men, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pastures. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like dawn, and the justice of your cause like noonday sun. Boy, these aren't relevant words for these days. Verse 7, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. And then finally, verse 9, for evil men will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Wow. Praise you, God, just for your promise, your truth, your assurance uh, that we find constantly as we uh, began every day. And, and, and this is just a reminder, if we're going to have any, any semblance of understanding what it means to experience God and to join Him in what He is doing, we must start and be grounded first in God's Word. Let's go to Him in prayer. Father God, it's amazing how You bring us together uh, from miles and miles apart, and yet uh, we we taste and see that you're good and we understand just a, a bit of just how ob omniscient and ever-present you are. Father, I just pray for each and every person uh, that is uh, within the sound of these words today, God, that you would wrap your loving arms around them, that they would sense and feel your invitation to experience uh, your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness, your hope, your courage. For we need, <laughs> desperately need all of this in these days. And now, Father, we just ask that you would just um, encourage us, uh, that you would uh, work in our hearts in such a way through your Holy Spirit that as a result of the day, we would know you better and that we would love you more and that we would love one another more in a way that the world would take a, stand up and take notice that we are followers of the Messiah, King of kings and Lord of lords. God, we praise you and we glorify you today. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
All right, so um, we are continuing in a series uh, of what it takes to really change, what it takes to really change. And we've been looking at this classic passage in Romans chapter 12. And uh, through the series, and, and by the way, wow, I mean, if, if what we are experiencing uh, is not uh, a reminder, a potent reminder of the fact that we need change. Well, yes, we need change in America. Yes, we need change around the world. But it starts with me and it starts with you. And so praise God that, that he has led us uh, through his sovereignty to, to really be looking at that and, and sitting at his feet. Uh, during this time as far as what it takes to really change. So the first week we talked about uh, in order from Romans chapter 12, in order for us to experience change, it starts with what he says in verse one. We've got to surrender. We've got to surrender our bodies, surrender our lives to the Lord. Uh, and uh, that's this principle of dedication. A change is not going to happen unless we surrender. And we talked a, a bunch about that. Uh, se second uh, week, we talked about uh, the law of change was uh, the, the pen, uh, principle of connection. And so the first law is this, change is a choice. The second law of change is I must change my model. Why? Because we said uh, week two that in order for me to change, uh, Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, you know, don't conform any longer, any longer to the patterns of this world, which is saying that there's been a tendency to follow these patterns, which we all do, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and so there's this need to refocus, this principle of concentration. We must concentrate if we're going to experience change. But to truly experience change, I must change my model. I must change my model. Uh, wow. So... As I was thinking about this, the Lord just really convicted me and just revealed to me, listen, Mike, if your model for thinking about what's going on in America today, if, if, if your model is politics, you got to change it. Michael, if your model is uh, your family of origin and, and what you learned at home, you got to change it. There's only one perfect model, uh, and that is Jesus Christ. And so... It's a process of saying, Lord, I want you to help me flush uh, all my thoughts, all my thinking uh, that's not uh, of you, that doesn't originate from your truth. Because, see, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so uh, I, I think this is just a reminder, please, during these days, uh, let God help you assess your model and how you view what's going on in your life and what's going on in your relationships and what's going on in our in our country today. So there's a first law of change, change is choice. Uh, choice. Second law of change, I must change my model. Last week, uh, we said we must humbly assess our life. We must humbly assess our life. And then uh, that is the principle of evaluation. And so the third law of change is I can only manage what I measure. I can only manage what I evaluate. I got to know where I am. I got to know what's going on in my life. And so here, here's a process. And we can't skip any of these phases. Change is a choice. I must change my model. And I, I can only manage what I measure. Now, today we're looking at uh, this whole aspect of 
uh, a change, and it's found in uh, verse um, verse four of four and five of Romans chapter five, and and, and it is this. Uh, that if I'm going to change, I must get support. If you're going to experience God's change in your life, we must get support. And this is just really the principle of cooperation. We must cooperate with God. Uh, the reality is, is that you and I will not, we will not experience change that we need, will not experience the change that we want, will not experience the change that God desires in our life un un until we get support. And uh, it's uh, it really, the Bible teaches that God wired us in such a way that we need each other. Now, this is an un-American thought because we live in an independent uh, mindset, with, a, with an independent mindset. But uh, God says, no, 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 no. I created you to live in community. I created you in order that you would experience um me through community. And if you want to change, you got to get in community. You got to get support. Um, for example, here's a couple of examples. Um, I needed change. When my tractor was sucked down in that creek, in that soggy bottom, I needed support. I needed some support. I tried to get out on my own. I couldn't do it. And uh, so, praise God. I had one of my burly-headed boys and two of his friends down there with me. And, uh, yeah, uh-huh. And uh, they were the ones that we were cutting down trees and picking up the tractor with the front-end loader and all. I mean, we just went crazy uh, working together. And, and it wasn't easy, but after three hours, maybe a little bit more, uh, because of their help and support, and finally my daddy did come over and he started telling me what to do. And tell me I should listen to him. But hey, we need support. We need support. We're not going to do it on our own. Some of you right now, you're in a pit. You're in a mental pit that you've been in for years and years and years. And you've been trying to change it. And, and you're trying to read books. And no, 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 no. It happens in the context of genuine community. It happens whenever we are vulnerable. Whenever we go, uh, Daddy, uh, I'm stuck. I stuck your tractor. Hey, that's a humbling thing. You can't have pride. It means exposure. It means being vulnerable with what you're stuck in. And so some of you may be in a pit, a money pit, and you're trying to get out. You don't want people to know how bad things are. Some of you are in a relational pit. Your relationships, your family relationships stink. And you know what? You're trying to fix it on your own. And, and God is saying, no, we've got to have community. We've got to get support. And, and, We've experienced that throughout our lives. But remember this, what we talked about last week, the greatest barrier to change is pride. Pride. And so God's just in His Word. He's saying we need one another. Uh, 58 times in the New Testament is the phrase one another used. Love one another. Care for one another. Encourage one another. Support one another. Uh, pray for one another. Share with one another. It's just constant throughout the Bible. God never meant for me and you to go through life apart from community. What have we been saying for the last six months? Isolation, what? Breeds delusion. Isolation breeds delusion. God is revealing. God is exposing the fact that we are locked down so often in hate, 
and stinking thinking and resentment and unhealthy relationships and all that. He is exposing the lack of community. See, going to church ain't community. You know, just going to service ain't community. And God is saying, no, 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 I want you to get vulnerable. I want you to get humble. I want, hey, and that happens whenever you surrender your lives. That happens whenever you say, okay, God, my mind is not my own. I'm a steward. I'm a steward of the mind that you've given me, but I sit here and I refocus it. I'm, I'm going to look to you. I'm going to let you, Jesus, be my model and not the world around me, not my friends around me, you know, not not the power brokers in my life. No, Jesus is our power broker. And so anyway, here's the verse from uh, today, Romans chapter 12, that we're drawing this from. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. Uh, uh, Facebook family, you can listen to this. Zoom family, you can see it on your screen. Romans chapter 12. Here we go, Steve. Uh, verses 4 and 5. It says, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of His one body. That means we're not a bunch of separate little bodies. We're collectively the one body of Christ with many different uh, locations. We're one body. There's one church. It says, we are all parts of His one body and each of us has a different work to do. And since we are all one uh, body in Christ, we belong to each other. And each of us needs all the others. Here it is. We belong to each other. What does that what does that do for you? And each of us needs the others. Here's the deal. In order for us to truly change, the fourth law of change is this. Change requires community. Change requires community. Now, Again, uh, we need to say, okay, God, I need, I want you to refocus my mind on what community, because we all, ha we all look through a lens, some kind of lens as far as what we understand and think community is. But what does Jesus say? What does Jesus say community is? Well, we have so many expressions of community in God's Word. But perhaps one that we're tasting and seeing a little bit right now is, is found in Acts chapter 2. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to Acts chapter 2. And uh, we're experiencing a little bit because we're like the uh, early church in Acts. We're scattered. And we're out there. It's not y'all come and see. Y'all come here. But it's no, it's us being the church out there. <clears throat> but in Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to pick up, I'm going to, wait a minute, I'm going to read this I'm going to mess you guys up. I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation. It is absolutely amazing. The Passion Translation. Acts chapter 2. I'm going to begin with verse 42. Um, listen, listen. This gives us a, a taste of community. This gives us a model of what community is. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teacher, teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for support. A deep sense of the holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. 
out of generosity, out of generosity. They even sold their assets to distribute proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily, they met together in the temple courts and one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. Boy, that's absolutely beautiful. It's there that we have a picture of community. It's there that we change our model of community to look to God's Word, to experience and taste and see uh, what community really is, what it really means to delight God's heart. And uh, one of the things that it talked about there was how they shared in communion with one another. We'll have an opportunity to do that later. But uh, today... You know, again, this is one of the perks uh, of being a, uh, a part of this virtual church is that um, I have my nephew, Bert Springer, Robert Burtonette Springer. Many of you have met him. A lot of you have not met him. Uh, just to give you a little bit of background, uh, Bert was a wild and crazy guy, um, unlike any of my kids. Uh and uh, so he came to live with us, I think, when he was 19 years old. And so uh, back in the early days of Crosspoint, Bert uh, worked with our youth. And that's after we got him straightened out a little bit. Uh, and uh, he met his wife. He met his wife at our church. And now they've got these two beautiful kids. And, and uh, they've been, uh, you know, different places all around the world as missionaries and all that. And uh, he's still young and he, and he looks young. Um, but God has put on his heart uh, to, to really be, uh, begin um, a house church uh, here. And uh, we don't have time to give you all that background, but um, what I've seen in, in his life is this transformation that, that we see the Bible talking about and we see Paul talking about in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be ye transformed. Uh, by the renewing of your mind. So praise God for that. But uh, he's going to slide in here with me, and uh, I'm going to uh, ask him a few things because I've seen uh, some... Look at old, look at old Robert Burton at Springer. Hey, y'all. Uh, all right, so love you, bro. Thanks for being with us. But uh, um, I, want, I want Bert to share with you just a little bit as far as like, uh, number one, uh, what community really means to him. And, and what he sees as far as God's Word. And then there are a couple other questions I want to ask him. So talk to me about community, Bert. Well, yeah, um, <clears throat> like Mike said, really the past uh, year and a half has been transformational. And what God's kind of been speaking to me about um, beginning a church here and really around this idea of community. That's where the whole uh, kind of mindset change came is what does true community, New Testament, as we read through the Bible, what does that look like? And so we just began to study and read, and we're still kind of in that process of studying and reading. But, um, man, this idea of we are one body, and the one another's Uncle Mike talked about, we talk about the one another's all the time, and this put others' needs above your own, this selfless, radical idea of of loving each other. And uh, so I, I told him, like just last week, we shared... We were just 
um, kind of the Holy Spirit was leading us. We've been going through Romans, and I said, where do y'all feel like God wants to, to us to look at? And we end up in Romans 13 talking about uh, authorities and paying taxes. So just stay with me. I'm going to get to loving one another through that. But uh, Romans 13 was just talking about this authority, and we should pay our taxes, and I'm sure there was an event going on. And he says this in 13, he says, he said, it's, it's your duty to pay everything that you owe. And, and kind of don't be in debt except for Romans 13. I have it here. I'm just going to read it so I don't butcher it here. Um, Romans 13, and this is in uh, verse 7. So it's your duty to pay all the taxes and fees that require us to respect those who are worthy of respect, honoring them accordingly. Then in 8, it says, don't owe anything to anyone except this is in the Passion Translation, but accept your outstanding debt to continually love one another. For the one who learns to love has fulfilled every requirement of the law. And so he's painting this picture. Paul to the Roman church is saying, hey, pay all the debt that you owe, except know this. You can't ever pay the full debt. It's outstanding, the continual debt of loving one another. And he's talking to the church here. And so a lot of times we think about loving the poor and giving to missions and all that. It's amazing to people that are lost. But when we talk, when it talks about the one another's and giving, a lot of times it's talking about the brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we don't need to be known. We do need to be known for how much we love the world, but we need to be known for how much we love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. In 1 John it says, if we have material needs and we see our brother, this goes back to verse, uh, the third one was, we measure. We have to measure. Mm -hmm. So if in it says in First uh, John three sixteen or seventeen in there it says if we have material things and we see our brother in need and we don't meet that, then God's love doesn't abide in us. Whoa! So we can measure that if we are just walking around and we see our brother and sister, not just we put money to go to missions, we do that, but if we see our brother and sister and we have needs then it is our responsibility. We owe that. And I think sometimes, I don't want to say for everybody, I'll just say for me. Sometimes for me, I kind of look at it like taxes. Like, what is the least amount I can pay? Right? It's kind of cool how Paul puts those together there in Romans. Like, what's the least amount that I can pay and still be okay with God? And God's saying, no, 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 no. It's, every, it, it's a radical love because that's what the world's going to notice. Wait, you guys actually sell your stuff? She said, "Sell land and uh, assets in, in there. Like you sell your stuff because somebody else is in need. So, so it's a radical new idea of how can we really evaluate ourselves? How can we measure? How can we evaluate ourselves in how not how little can we do, how much can we do? And so that's just really been the change. All right. So here's the deal. Um." Quite honestly, what what I've seen uh, in Bird and his family has been uh, a little unsettling. It's it's just like whoa, what, what's what's it's very disruptive. Quite honestly, uh, what goes on in uh, in their day to day uh, life, and so it what it what it is saying is that you know this aspect of being community is, you know, more than just showing up for a good fellowship lunch or just kind of sending somebody a sweet a note to say, hey, I'm thinking of you today and all that kind of stuff. Give me a practice. 
there's a recent practical example, but I've been seeing this time after time of this selfless giving. Well, give us an example of what practical example of just recently, like sure. what communities look like for y'all. Yeah, no, um, we have been, it's cool because at the beginning of the year we were doing a fast and, uh, and God really spoke to our heart about just some people in the community and, uh, and they weren't kind of connected with us in, in, at our church or our gathering. And, uh, but God really opened the door um, a couple weeks back for a young lady and she had a need and we just felt like, Man, God, when she wants, she'll come talk to us. And so she came talk to us and uh, just had some, some struggles and had been uh, stuck for a long time. Well, so she was stuck. And she finally said, I need help. And so God just put it upon her heart. Um, she's got four young kids. And uh, so we just said, man, there's some space. It's not a lot upstairs. There's a kind of a mini apartment upstairs we've been building out for another guy that, that came and left. But um, So we just said, hey, move in with us. And uh, so I've told a lot of people this, man, I have not seen the darkness, I've not seen the light of God pierce through darkness like I've got to experience the past couple weeks. So as we just said, hey, what we have is not a lot. We um, quit quit my job last year and kind of started my own company and and stuff's been really tight financially for us. And we have an amazing family um, both biological and church family that come around us and love us and help us. So we didn't have a lot, but what we do have is some space in our house and some ability to, to eat um, on a regular basis. And so, um, man, come live with us. And so we opened up our home and uh, just saw a radical transformational change in her life. And uh, now her kids are back. She got her kids back um, that had been with uh, some of her family members. So they're just living uh, a lady and four kids, so that makes nine of us now in the house. It's kind of like a D's house, I guess. Um, but yeah, just this idea of, I, it's, and we told him this, it was funny because I asked the little girl, I was going to kind of teach her something, and I said, uh, you know whose house this was? And I was expecting her to say Mr. Burks, but she said, it's our house, and I just thought, how cool that at a young age we could display that, that it's not mine, it's God's, and so together... Um, man, what a powerful thing that this young girl at six years old sees. Man, God loves me so much that he's given us a new house. And mm-hmm. so I, I love that picture. It's no longer our house. It's our house. And uh, even even more amazing, more of that story is, man, there's needs. Our microwave went out. We didn't have some plumbing left upstairs, and I didn't have the resources exactly to get all of that done. And so I just sent out to my church. It was kind of humbling to go, hey guys, I know I'm asking you to give and, and man, find people to love and, and just really sacrificial giving, but I've got a need. And this, the next morning, a guy showed up with a brand new microwave and people are paying people to come fix air conditioner vents because it's a little warmer upstairs and just how the church got together around this person. And I told her, it's not just us. It's not Sarah and I. It's a, it's a group of believers that are saying, we're committed to seeing you succeed and your needs are higher than ours. That's it's it's a daily thing though. It's a daily have to get up and go. There's kids banging around upstairs and just woke me up in the morning. And I don't like it. But <laughs> oh wait, God's called me to love them, and how do I demonstrate that even when I don't feel like it? So it's it's been awesome. All right. So bottom line, his he lives a disrupted life. It's it's like oh my gosh, it's just so disruptive. And this is just a this is just one example. But it's, just, it's a pattern. It's a pattern that I see in them 
Uh, and it started not with just like happened to find out. I mean, they are regularly praying for uh, their, the, the larger local community. They're praying and they are seeking to God to say, show me how I can demonstrate your love. And so they're attuned to that. They're attuned to that. And so praise God, you know, for that. Um, but I think that uh, it is uh, revealing and convicting, you know, for us to, to, to think that, uh, wow, my life may be disrupted if I respond to what God wants me to do, but there's no greater joy. And that's where life change happens. Listen, we're told all the time, you know, here's what you need to do to change. Here's what you need to do to change. We've got self-help books out the yin-yang that tells us how to change, but they don't give us the two things that we need. Number one, God's power and community. God's power and community. And when we're responsive to God in the context of community, uh, lives are transformed. So thanks, Bert. Uh, I called him this morning uh, and I said, hey, you want to help me? Uh, and yeah, I said, you want to help me uh, with our service this morning? And his response was the same as his response always is. Sure. That's amazing. Um, and, and by the way, I'm, you know, there's a lot of junk that needs to be done at his house that he's inviting people to live in, and, and people fill that house. There'll be a bunch of people filling that house tonight. Uh, It'll be overrun with, with folks. But uh, he has demonstrated that this, that heart, that community heart. He uh, single-handedly uh, has... Tra- I wish I could show you the inside of, of Dad's house. He's putting in fours and, and countertops. He's, he, he drops what he does to help. When, I come, when I've come down to work on Green Hill Hilton, that all of you are invited to stay in, you got to get on the schedule. Uh, it's the only reason it, it's, it, anything is done is because of Bert. And, uh, boy, his heart demonstrates uh, that sense of community and love and uh, that all these one another's that we see in there. And, and so I think God is challenging us and inviting each and every one of us to truly, truly uh, just come humble ourselves before Him and, and, and to uh, uh, just say, God, bring about the change that you want in my life for your glory and my good. And uh, I will do that by humbling myself and submitting myself to others in community. Good stuff. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we thank you so much for your amazing love and grace. We thank you that it's your heart, your very heart. Community is who you are. I pray even now for just there be an outpouring of your Holy Spirit to where we experience the community and unity that God the Father, God the Son, and the God the Holy Spirit live in every moment of every day. Help us to make the adjustments. Help us to choose right now to change, to surrender our bodies, our lives to you. Help us to choose, to refocus our minds, to change our model. Help us even now to humble ourselves, to make the assessment that you would have us to make. Help us to be courageous enough 
to go before those that love you and love us and be real, to be real and be available. Do a great work, I pray, in your body, your followers. For I make it my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a couple more things I want to say. If you're if you're sharing with us here on Facebook uh, today and, and uh, you're not a part of a community, we would love for you uh, to uh, let us know how we can join with you. Uh, if you're local, uh, maybe before long, come, come see us or we'll come to you. Uh, if you're not, uh, just shoot us a message uh, uh, via email. Uh, I, we'll have one of our folks post the, my email address uh, on the Facebook Live or uh, on our connect on our website on our connection card. Um, but I, I just pray that you would just not just be hearers of what we've been talking about today, but that you'd be able to experience uh, what God so so desires to do in your life. Uh, we love you, and uh, thank you for sharing uh, this wonderful God's Day with us. God bless. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week. 